The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Colts Fans. Yay! In Bills Land. <laughs> it never gets old. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me every single Tuesday for some Colts talk from here in Buffalo slash Rochacha. Actually, I like Roger Child a little bit better. Um, this man, uh, Brandon Rogers. I don't even think I need to introduce him anymore. You just kind of know, right? I'm here. Always, baby. I always deliver, like FedEx, UPS, and the pizza man. And the pizza man. And the pizza man. I've had a couple bad pizza man encounters, but for the most part. Well, those, those were Bill's fan pizza men, so that's why they suck. Yep. Honestly, there's some pretty good pizza out in Indianapolis, and uh, it's not bad. And I'm sure their pizza men are wonderful. Pizza men and women. Yep, pizza people, pizza people, pizza people are very, very uh, good at what they do. Um, all right, so we're getting closer. I think we're about eight weeks now from the start of the NFL season, which is fifty-six days away today. Quentin Nelson days. Quentin Nelson days. Well, it's well, it's Quentin Nelson days at the time of recording. Um, that's that we do got to acknowledge that we do record this two days prior to to our release. Um, 54 by the time this episode drops, but regardless, we're so close. We're so close. I'm elated. I'm all, we're all in just total football mode. Um, Brandon's going to be playing in our podcast precinct, fancy football league. Taking all your money. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I'm really happy that you're doing it. Did you plan on coming up for that by chance? Oh yeah. Yeah. August 29th. Correct. Yep. That's a Sunday. Yep. Yep. I'll be there. All right, very good. So we're gonna have a blast. It's gonna be a good time, and uh, we're just total football mode. We're 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 a lot closer than we are farther away when we started this 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 uh, this podcast. So, uh, but Brandon had a really good idea today. Um, we've actually done so many uh, so many, I think, random themes and topics that Brandon actually suggested what we kind of already did, but he made up for it with a uh, completely opposite end of the the spectrum for uh, his original topic idea. Uh, Brandon, why don't you explain what we're doing today? Well, if there's one thing I'm good for, it's pivoting. When, you know, one thing is going one way, maybe not what I needed to do, I'll pivot entirely. And that's what I did. I wanted to do, you know, five goals for the Colt season. Kind of forgot, you know, in all these weeks that we've already done that. So what does a good guy do? Pivot. The least five, the five things we do not want to happen are catastrophe events, our red button push. That's hey, look, uh, five things that if they happen during the cold season, I will be devastated. That's what we're going to do this week. 
which is a good time. I mean, it's a fantastic idea. It's a way to keep us humble. We come in. I think I've came into every like NFL, like cold season the last since probably 2015. I think 2017 was the the the, the least like I, I didn't expect a whole lot. Or no, I can't say that because I was hoping Andrew would come back. But um, like all these just high expectations. And it's I think it's important for us as fans to keep ourselves grounded. Don't let the emotions get too high. Um, that's, that's been the most challenging, I think, aspect of being a fan, which is, you know, it's fine if you do to an extent, but, um, you know, you gotta always be ready for something bad to happen. So, um, so we're each going to pick our top five. There could be some similarities. There could be, uh, there could be, um, a couple different ones. I don't know yet, but let's get into this thing. Uh, Brandon, why don't you kick us off with your number five? Alrighty. My number five go catastrophe red button events. Is going to be if we lose a game to the Houston Texans. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know they're a dumpster fire. Well, no, a, a little asterisk. If Deshaun Watson does not play all year, true. If Deshaun doesn't play all year, if we lose to that dumpster fire, it's going to be so disheartening. They're going to be the worst team in the league. If we're a good team, we can't lose to them. We saw what happened last year when you know, right out the gate we lost to Jacksonville. We were the only W. That was so embarrassing. You know, we could have won the division had we just wrapped that first game on up. But no, Gardner Minshew lit us up. It was stupid. It was embarrassing. And I hated it. We cannot have the Houston Texans do that to us this year. That would be catastrophe. Catastrophe. Yeah. No, I uh, I wholeheartedly agree uh, on that. That's that's a... That's a big deal. Like, there's a lot of pride. I don't think like there's a lot of pride that comes with divisional games. That's what makes divisional games so special. Even when one team's really bad and one team's good, there's a lot of pride. But there's extra there's extra pride when one team is so bad that they are probably the worst team in the NFL, right? It's I I I I couldn't agree with you more on this one. I couldn't agree with you more on this one. So um, yeah, that's a fantastic one to start this list off of. You know, there's a lot of teams you can accept, you know, you can kind of accept losing to. Like if you lose to like in the Colts case this year, we got Tampa Bay. Okay, they're a really good team. You know, uh, you know, in some of the other the, the class of the, the NFL. I mean, we get our cheeks slapped by uh Pittsburgh every year, so we kind of know that's happening. Yeah, I don't think we've beaten them in like 15 years some crazy It's it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's bad. So, um so, yeah, so that's a good way to kick this one off. It, it, losing to Houston, the presumably worst team in the National Football League, would be a giant stab through the heart. Giant stab. All right. Number five for me is uh, injuries mm. and the lack of depth uh, that this Colts team kind of has. All right. We talked a lot bit about the free agency. Me and Brandon maddeningly um, at nauseum. Come on, Chris Ballard, do something cool. Julio! <laughs> Julio, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was like that. It was very much like that. And you know what? It, it's it's not, it's still at this point, not a bad, you know, thing to, you know, to be concerned about. I was just thinking about last season, right? Of all these, all these situations. It's been, actually, it's been happening for many, many seasons, right? The Colts were, Again, tied for the top of the national, the, the AFC South. They tied. They lost by a half game technically, and you know, injuries. You know, 
were an issue. COVID was an issue. The fact that like and like Chris Bauer wasn't aggressive in this in this free agency class. Like even sitting here to this day, I still like his free agency. This is probably the most disappointed in a free agency class that I've been, and uh, probably even the, so that maybe even so the draft a little bit. You know, uh, I don't know if it's a thing that, you know, we, we just don't need certain aspects, but like there's a lot of there's still positions that concern me. Cornerback to an extent concerns me. Um, our offensive line to an extent concerns me a little bit with some of these health pieces. You know, it, it, Sam Tevy and Isaac Rochelle, as much as we love them, you know, we're huge fans of them on the show. Uh, those, we love you, Isaac. Woo! <laughs> those aren't the answer. So, yeah. Those aren't the answer, you know, with all the, like how quickly, how quickly that, you know, the chiefs broke down their offensive line and rebuilt it. Um, it this year is like, like, yo, the Colts should have had no problem restructuring their offensive line and making it as elite as possible. So I've always get concerned. Like it's always like the, at these turning point games that the Colts find a way to like the, the right, the right, the, the right people that we need, are hurt at the wrong time. Yep. Every single time. And Tennessee put the boots to us. The this that split game that we had to win if we wanted to make maintain control of the division. It's just it's it's always something. And but the the depth and injury thing I think collides into uh um it just works in itself into one. So uh, uh, that's my number 5 biggest concern. You know, uh Great, great point because injuries always seem to just, you know, railroad us and screw us. And like you said, Tennessee put the boots to us last year, and that's why we lost the division. My fourth one kind of dovetails into that nicely. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be pissed if for some reason, you know, we, we miss out uh, on a couple of games due to COVID, they'll make us not make the playoffs. You know, COVID hit our team last year with a Forrest Buckner. I know uh, Darius Slender was out for a couple of games. Jonathan Taylor um, all either con- contracted COVID or, you know, had a, a uh, came to close contact with someone. Yeah. And, dude, uh, we could have won the division if it wasn't for that. You know, we have the lowest percentage rate of vaccinated players on in the league right now, less than Washington, under 50%. Yeah. You know, I know it's up to everybody. It's your body. If you want to get a vaccine, get it, please. If you don't want to get the vaccine, that's that's your choice. That's your opinion. That's what you want to do. Us losing games and missing the playoffs because of that and those decisions, like it's gonna suck. It hurts so bad to watch Buckner, you know, not playing that game against Tennessee and Derrick Henry just ran right through us. If he played that game, if Jonathan Taylor played that game. We would have won the division. I feel like we could have made a nice little run to, through the playoffs. We, we didn't. So, you know, it, it, it screwed us. I don't want that to happen this year, especially with the restrictions being so much looser for those that are vaccinated right. versus those that aren't. You know, they're not going to you know, suspend any games, postpone any games. If you don't have enough people to suit up, you lose that game. That's an L. If we get anything like that because, you know, some of our players aren't vaccinated, or they end up contracting the virus, you know, and, and getting themselves hurt and you know sick and whatnot. It's just gonna suck. And that's my number four red button. Damn, I don't want this to happen. Right. Which which is a good. Which is I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a very, um, it's a it's a fantastic question. It it really is a, a concern. It certainly is. You know, like 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 Brandon said, I'm on the side of hey, if you want to get it, get it. If you if you have mixed feelings about it, you know, that's fine too. 
But, um, yeah, from like, it, we're never gonna take away a player's personal choice. But it, it there always we like we always have that what if, right? There's always that what if. Oh shoot, what if DeForest Buckner was in that Tennessee Titans game? What if he didn't contract COVID? How great would it have been? You know what I mean? Would Derrick Henry have ran a train on our defense? No, no, not. Right. <laughs> right. So that's like that to me, like it's a huge what if and whether you are on the side of, you know, go get vaccinated or or you don't have to if you don't want to. It's still like, we, you know, the team still has to play within the rules. All right. And you still have, you know, it's 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 a real possibility and in a whole heart and a very real concern um, for this for this this 2021 Colts team as we're, you know, we're transitioning out of the. The, the COVID season into a little bit more, you know, uh, again, a lot more freedoms and stuff like that uh, when it, the restrictions are being lifted. So it is a very big concern and I think a very appropriate one at that. So very good one, uh, Brandon. Very good choice. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, number four for myself. Uh, I have a lot of offensive minded ones. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, I can, there is concern on the defense. I have a lot of offensive minded ones. Uh, T.Y. Hilton not being worth <laughs> being brought back. Oh, yeah. that's a punch in the gut. Right? How bad would it be? How bad would it be if we launched this, you know, the, the Colts fans who launched this huge grassroots Twitter campaign to bring back T.Y. Hilton? And he wanted to be, you know, paid, compensated properly. Which he deserves. I think all players deserve. I'm on the side of players getting deserve, uh, paid properly. And he lays an egg for the Colts this year. <clears throat> and he lays an egg. How bad would that be? Like this, that would be that's squarely on the shoulders of us. Everybody yep. who hashtagged bring Ty home, that would be on us. Because I can assure you, if the Colts fans did not want Ty Hilton back. Jim Irsay would not have done what he did and stepping in negotiations to bring T.Y. home. All right. That is a huge one. That is $10 million that could have went to or Julio. Could have gone to Julio, damn it. It could have gone to Julio. It could have gone to some of the other free agent wide receivers that were on the market. All right. Uh, There was a lot there. I mean, it could have went to filling in other position positional needs that we that we we had. Could have went to Sammy Watkins, man. You know. Uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want that either. When that, when everyone was like, "Yeah, look at Sammy Watkins is is gonna try and come to the call." I'm like, "Nah, fam. I don't want that. Get that, get that shit out of there." Um, you can go play on his flat Earth or whatever. And get the hell out of my. Get off my team. Um, he's a weirdo. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't, don't want it. Don't want it. Um, I. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton falling apart, laying an egg. Like, this has to be – if this is going to be the swan song for T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis, it needs to be one of his best – and it needs to be comparable to some of his best seasons. So yep. – uh, Go on top, for go sure. Go on top, for sure. So that is my number four. All righty. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, it would be squarely on our shoulders. And that's that, that would be a gut punch. Like, damn – Ballard could Ballard right was right like always you know you know he, he didn't really you know, want to bring at least at Ty's price and uh, we kind of forced his hand well Ursay forced his hand and we kind of helped Ursay make that choice so yeah that would suck 
My number three. The second I see T.Y. Hilton drop a touchdown pass, I'm looking at the TV screen like this. I <laughs> hand over my face and I'm looking away. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, nah, he's going to ball out this year. I, I got, so. I, yeah, him and Wentz, I think, are going to be special. I hope so. Um, number three. God, I hope it doesn't happen. We get swept in the season series by the Tennessee Titans. Oh, God. I've been talking so much junk about this being our division. And, you know, if we get beat by the Titans, both games, oh, Julio's not that big of a deal. Yeah, Tannehill can't throw. No, no, no. It's fine. Their defense is trash anyway. Who's going to, you know, they can score 30, 40 points. But, hey, we're just going to, you know, we're going to score 45. No one's stopping us, blah, blah, blah. I've been talking so much junk to, to, to Titans fans. It would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. We we can't be swept by them at all. No, they're uh they're a very they're a very cocky bunch. <laughs> they are, they are. So you know, I gotta talk back. <laughs> I yeah, you got to. I I I, I can agree with that one. That's a good one too. Um, that's a good one too. Because like Tennessee is like, who would have thought that Tennessee would have been like their biggest rival, right? Tennessee would be the biggest concern. Like for years, you know, with the under the Andrew Luck regime, we had Tennessee's number. Houston was our biggest threat. Houston was our biggest threat. And now, yep. now things have changed. Now, now that whole dynamic has changed and Tennessee's the team to beat, you know, but it, we, we like to think well, that we're going to be okay, even if they acquired Julio, but you know, there's always that concern. A sweep, I think would be, would be absolutely insulting for a team with Super Bowl ambitions. Yep. Ain't happening, but damn it. If it does red button. <laughs> Oh yeah, where do they play Tennessee the second time? I gotta see. Because if it, 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 I think we play them like within the first eight weeks, twice. I think you're right. Uh, let's see. Um, it's yeah. I think you. Oh shoot. Yeah, we do. Right. Right. Do we? Seahawks, Rams, Titans. Yeah, October Halloween's the last time we play them. Oh God, that's too early. That's way too right. early in the season to be disappointed. Wait, well, they might be good though. You know, if they're um not gelling, it takes who you some time to kind of get together with them. Or good point, or what? But man, oh, our schedule is so brutal out the gate. Oh, it's boy. definitely it's definitely a meat grinder. Oh, and if we can get through that, all right. We'll be okay. But yeah, that's a very good. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. My number three, Michael Pittman is not taking a significant step up and uh, he's not ready to be number one. How disappointed would would we be if Pittman is not showing any signs of being able to be the number one wide receiver? If he stays, stays flatlined, regresses, how bad would that? I mean, that, that's a huge shakeup, not only for this season, but for the future. Future, yep. Of the Indianapolis Colts, he has so much writing on his shoulders. Like, and you know, he's he's, he's performed very well you know, after injury, came back and really went on strong. But man, if he's anything like Paris Campbell's first two years, Ballard's seat might be warming up a little bit. Oh yeah, maybe. I think, he, yeah. You know, he, he can't draft a weapon. You know. 100%. Yeah, there's a few that are a little uh little 
There's got might be some warm seats after this year if if this if this year goes into disaster, if this year kind of spirals out of control. But yeah, Pittman's a big one for me because this is a guy that people were ready to, this year. People were ready for him to just be wide receiver one. And I specific, I mean, we talked about it. I've talked about it on my other shows. Yeah, I'm not ready for Michael Pittman Pittman to be number one, unless he had like a Justin Jefferson type year last year. Where like Justin Jefferson was amazing. He ripped out. I think he. I know he got took in over a thousand yards receiving from Kirk Cousins at that, um, who I do I do think is also underappreciated. But the the point still stands. If I see if I have a year where Pittman blows up thousand yard receiver, which I feel like we haven't had in a very in in quite some time, um, then I'd have confidence. But if I don't get that this year, I know we're a run heavy team. I'm concerned. I am concerned, and I think we the team might have to hit the reset. It might have hit a wall in our rebuild. So, no, a lot riding on Pittman's shoulders there. A lot, a ton, a lot, you know. And thankfully, you know, Frank Wright's very patient, and he knows. All right, we're going to spread the ball around, so he's not going to get a ton of stuff just thrown at him. So maybe the pressure won't be on his shoulders. He won't feel that pressure. But man, he has to perform. Like when his number is called, he has to perform. If yeah, you're dude, you're right. If he doesn't, if he fails to live up to expectations, God, that's gonna suck. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I know I would be very, very sad. It's like this is like is even it's a, it, excuse me. This is very depressing too, because this is the year you finally go. And like like this whole guy, like this is the finally the year you go to Indianapolis. So like, I feel like I'm, we're bearing extra weight on our shoulders doing this episode. Yeah. Man, yeah, you know, all these things start going wayside. Like, we're going to have a very depressing trip watching New England beat the brakes off of us. Yikes. But, hey, <laughs> hey, there's some very nice um, food places. And, um, you know, if you're into, like, for the listeners, if you're into, like, gentlemen's clubs, um, that sort of thing. There's a very nice establishment. Don't stop. Get it, get it, Jake. <laughs> I have a funny story about the one. I, I might have told you before, but we'll, 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 that's more of an affair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's that. Yeah. So that's uh, that's number three. So uh, nice. what do you what do you got at uh, number two? Number two. I think this is you know whispering in the back of every Colts fan's ear right now at, at, since the signing. Carson Wentz. Is really broken. Yep. That's just end all be all crap. We invested real you know, high draft capital into this guy. We think he's the future, but no, what we saw last year in Philly is the real thing, and he is broken beyond repair. Frank Wright can't fix him. You know, if that were to be the case, we're screwed. We're back at you know back at square one. No idea what to do under quarterback position. Eason's not ready. Uh, Ellinger is not ready. And Wentz is broken. Where do we go? What do we do? Crap, Ballard. Chris, uh, Chris Ballard, save us. Andrew Luck, we need you. Please help. Help me. Help me. Like, there's nothing else to, to talk about. If, if Carson Wentz is broken, if he can't do what, what he did two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, and he's the, you know, Carson Wentz is bad, our season's gone. Our future is in limbo. And we're going to be just the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars for the next three, four years. Easily. Easily. That's how, that's how, yeah, that's how big the quarterback position is. 
I will admit that is my number one, and I'll give further. I'll give some further points to that too, because I think the the repercussions of of that run a lot deeper than just our team resetting from a roster standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint. I think there's some deeper ones. Yep. Um, my number two. I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put Jonathan Taylor in for this one. Ooh. Okay, it's scary, right? It's a little scary. All right, so here's my thing, uh, and we I think we acknowledge that the Zach Hicks tweet that. Jonathan Taylor erupted versus a lot of bottom tier defenses. This we're playing a lot of top end defenses. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say CL is a top end defense, but they did play a lot better towards the back half of last year. Um, we have the Rams. All right. Very good. Arizona stepped up. I know they, they signed an aging JJ Watt, but they're, they're adding some pieces there that, you know, are, are a huge, huge deal. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. 49ers defense is not supposed to be terror, is, is actually pretty good. You got Nick Bosa. All right. Um, uh, I think the defenses in the AFC South are relatively mediocre. AFC East defenses, however, are very, very good. They're coming a long way. Buffalo's got a good defense. New England is bringing back their opt outs. Uh, Miami's come a long way. And honestly, the Jets have a very, very criminally underrated defense that their GM has actually put together very nicely over the last couple of years. Factor those in with Tampa Bay with uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore's a good yep. one. You know, Baltimore's a, a, an important one. We are facing a lot of very good and more, at least most of the teams we are playing this year are upper half defenses and they actually specialize against the run. So John, there's a legit chance that Jonathan Taylor does not, you know, Pat, we are all excited for him. We knew he had some fumbling problems, but man, if our running back game is that depleted, if Jonathan Taylor can't produce the way that we all know and expect him to, we got Naheem Hines, who's very talented, but he's not a running back one. We got Marlon Mack. We all know and love Marlon Mack. He's not an RB one. Yep. Yeah. That that's out of the question. So, a lot riding on Jonathan Taylor's. Our young guys have to step up this year, and Jonathan Taylor is a big, big, big concern for me. And if that doesn't pan out, I think the whole element of our offense is just destroyed because that forces Carson to throw more. That you know, and that's a situation I don't think, at least at this point in time, I don't want us to be in. You know that there's a lot riding on all this, and Jonathan Taylor's success is, you know, it. It's the probably one of the most one of the most important facets of how this Colts season is going to play out. So that is my number two. You're right. You're right. You know, and those defenses are a little scary, but we have a Quentin Nelson. All right. He's the scariest motherfucker on the planet. So big Q, he's going to grade the road. I can run behind big Q. It's all good. Taylor's not going to, Taylor's going to pick up right where he left off. I think with COVID and, you know, Rook, key transition not having fans it took me a while to get adjusted i think taylor's gonna be a-okay running behind quentin nelson oh, no need I to worry so. there i am really stoked to watch quentin nelson and, and aaron donald just oh my god battle each other Dude, this year sign me up absolutely sign me up that's gonna be amazing there's a I part of wait. me that there's a part of me that i wish that i was kind of going i kind of wish i was going to that game but just to see it but you know, it's cool. It's cool. It might, be, it might be for the best. It might be for the best. Yeah. It'll, it'll look good. Well, I TV. mean, it'll look good on TV. Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> my number one. 
worry. My biggest red button alert. I'm gonna be level. I'm gonna level with you guys. I talk a lot of shit. I run my mouth a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, for for years we had Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. I was the cream de la cream with my football friends. Yeah, we were making the playoffs all the time. We, we wouldn't lose games. Yeah, no, like I would talk my my mouth off. If we lose to the Buffalo Bills, that is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me personally this season. In football. It would hurt me too. Personally. It would hurt me too. I I wouldn't hear the end of it. I and mean, especially after that playoff game, I'm still getting crap daily. If we lose them two games in a row, especially the playoff game was a lot closer than people gave it credit for. You know, Phil Rivers really played his his arm off, as you could tell by the last couple of throws. He really played his arm off. Yeah. Our defense stepped up well. So even even then loss, I was talking crap. Like, nah, we should have won. We should have won. Uh, blah, blah, blah. If we go into Buffalo and just have a stinker, if we lose, I might not be able to come out of hiding. I will never be able to show my face again. I might have to end the show because Brandon's done. I, I've got no credibility now whatsoever. If we lose the Buffalo Bills, I might just have to retire my fandom of football. I just, I, I, I couldn't deal with the amount of crap and crow that I'm going to have to eat. So please, 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 football gods, I don't care what sacrifice I have to make. If I have to give my best friend up for, for, for this, we need to beat the Bills. That's it. That's my number one red button. Eh, eh, eh. Game over. We need to beat the Bills. I agree with that. And I'm actually very sad that I did not dis, uh, that I not, I, that I didn't put this one as my number one. Cause I mean, I think, I think by the name of the show, you should just kind of like understand it by now, how much we don't want to lose to Buffalo <laughs> listeners. Like we don't like, I'll admit I've cried. All right. I, Last year was just a bad year for me personally. Um, I cried tears of happiness when they beat Green Bay. I had so much emotional writing on it. And I cried like a baby in my <laughs> studio after they lost to the Bills for two hours in the dark. All right. I cried. Drinking some, some peanut butter whiskey in your life. <laughs> Josh was a bitch. <laughs> I felt bad for my neighbors here, like in this, in this, in this building, because, uh, you know, I'd be yelling like, fuck you. Like one of them got like somebody sacked Josh Allen. And I was like, fuck you, Josh. And I was just yelling it. And it was just me in this room by myself. And that's how like <laughs> invested I was. Like I was so, I was a mess. I was, I was a hot mess. So there's a lot of emotion riding on that. I don't You know what? You said the Carson one, you said your piece. I don't. I, the only thing I'm going to add to it is that Frank Reich's job's on the line if Carson Wentz is a bust, and so is Chris Ballard's. But we, I, I know we should just stop there. We should just stop with the Bills one. We, we sh- I shouldn't go into some deep, elaborate explanation. It's the it's the centerpiece of the show that you know we we can't. We just can't. I I I will. It'll be the quietest. Yeah. It'll be the quietest car ride to Indianapolis if if we're going there and the, and the Bills beat the Colts and the Patriots are like some monster team and we're like we have a losing record and all this stuff. I'm just gonna be like, 
like we're gonna be listening to like old Colts games when they were really, really good. <laughs> remember, remember back when Edwin James was a thing? Man, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wade, what a dynamic duo. That was great, huh? Man, Payton. Omaha, Omaha, and then you just score. It was fantastic. You remember those good old days? <laughs> Brandon, remember those? Remember back in the day when Johnny Johnny U was turning up for us? <laughs> Matt, those black high tops, man! I tell you, <laughs> Matt, we weren't alive back then. Just, just take it. Just accept it. <laughs> that team would kick our team's ass. That's that's exactly what our oh car looked like. But, yeah, a lot of pride on the line. A lot of pride on the line. A lot of pride. A lot of pride. A lot of pride on the line, dude. It's. Yeah, that's that's our Super Bowl, regular season Super Bowl. It's it awesome, Buffalo. It is, it is. Yikes! We've gotten to that point. Remember when the Bills and Patriots was like their Super Bowl? Oh. Yeah, yeah. When when they would you know beat them miraculously once every four years. Oh my god! Oh my god! We're so good. We got the Patriots. All right, now we've won eight games all year long. We get the Patriots. Woo! Hey man, the only, in my opinion, the only Bills quarterback to legitimately beat, well, there's there's been two. It was Drew Bledsoe and Ryan Fitzpatrick that were to that beat a full strength Patriots team. Only two. That's it. Bledsoe thirty one nothing, and then Fitzpatrick did one. It was really close. It was a really good game. I wish I was there for that, but but that's it. But um, those are our disaster situations for the Colts. You know, if these things happen, we're in trouble. I liked how Brian went for the the grander picture for the team, uh, and I did more player specific. I think it was really nice balance. We really didn't. I mean, aside from the Carson Wentz one, we really didn't have too many similar ones. They were all very no. big, but they were all very very big concerns. So, um, but that's a wrap. Brandon, do your thing, buddy. All right. So I went my five red button uh, experiences for for the Colts, um, but it's funny because I actually have a time machine. So I can go into the future and see what happens in the future. And in the future, I notated five things that are going to happen to the Bills this season. And I, I thought I'd just share them along with you guys. Uh, the, the five biggest things that happened to the Bills this year. Number five, they stink. That's number five. This year, they stink. Number four, Josh Allen regresses. Can't hit a screen pass. Yeah, he's not going to be as good as he was last year because there's fans in the crowd this time, and, you know, he's stupid. Um, number three, the Bills stink. That's what they do. This year, they stink. Number two, they get their dick stopped into the dirt by the Colts. You guys just scurry back in halftime and actually retire, a la Vontae Davis, after Carson Wentz throws five touchdowns in the first quarter. All right, the number one thing that happened to the Bills this year, they stink. They stink. They smell so bad, I can smell them from here in Rochester. Buffalo, you stink. I hate you, and I hope you all choke on some hot dogs, you dirty, dirty, damn hooligans. They stink. Nobody does it better than you. You, you know what? We're going to have to get a live recording of you doing that sometime, like video, Facebook <laughs> Live. Maybe I, I I think that that's that thing's funny. You're that's why you know you're a pretty good. Pro, you're a very good pro wrestler. He likes cutting the promos, and he's a very good promo guy. That's why we got him on the show. It helps. It adds it adds some flavor. We're not just an, <laughs> oh, thank we're you, not thank just you. An, we're not just another Colts podcast because because Brandon likes to go on rants like that. So, um, I, and that it's just organic. We never planned on <laughs> it. Mean, it just organically happened. Like him just starting going rants. I don't write these things down. I don't know. It's just from the heart, man. 
Heart and soul. I'm fueled by hate. I love Buffalo, it. I'm going to yell at you till you love me. All right? I'm going to yell at you till you love me. <laughs> I love it. But that is a wrap, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Colts Fans. In Bill's land. They stink. They stink. They stink. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, we all see celebrity stories on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere we can absorb information from every day. But what about the people in our hometowns who make the world go around but don't get any recognition for it? Hi, I'm Dan Torres, and my podcast, Your Average Ordinary, focuses on those people. Those people that have extraordinary lives, jobs, hobbies, talents that you may not even know about that you walk past on the street every day. Join me every Saturday as I'm joined with a new friend to talk about how their average ordinary life impacts so many others. And there's so much to talk about because there are so many different people. You like movies? We talk about that. You like acting? We talk about that a lot. You like video games? I'm always talking about video games. Join us every Saturday, Your Average Ordinary, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you can find.